Hello and welcome back to Up in the Roost. This is Tyler. I'm here with Thomas. We are recording a couple days after Jacksonville State's heartbreaking 38 to 28 loss at South Carolina. We're going to talk a lot about that game in a second, but first we kind of wanted to talk about how we feel about the Gamecocks in general. I think Thomas and I both feel pretty good about the team after Saturday's performance. So we actually decided the best way to talk about this would be to look up, uh, we use the athletics rankings. We like those a lot better than ESPN's FBI. Anyway, Chris Vanini ranks all 133 teams for the athletic, and this week he has Jacksonville State ranked 66. Thomas, is that where you think Jack State should be? Are they the 66th best team in the country? Yeah, if you're looking at the rankings, I mean, it puts them in right in the pack, oddly enough with Coastal Carolina at 64 and South Carolina at 65. So all three chicken teams are right about on par with each other. But, I mean, I think that that's perfectly fair. I mean, you look at who's above them. You have teams like BYU. You have uh, Georgia Southern. You have TCU right in there, Colorado. I think that that's completely fair. But you look at who's below them. I mean, sure, it's a few Power 5 teams in Illinois, Minnesota, Nebraska. But, I mean, these are still Power 5 teams that just aren't having their years. And, and I mean, for their years, it's four and five, five and four, five and four. And that's not really good for their standards. But I mean, still, I think that this Jacksonville State team could still fit right in with those teams. And there's even some power five teams that they're higher than. I mean, you have Virginia Tech in there as well, that Jacksonville State's a few spots higher than. So um, still, I mean, this Jacksonville State's team has proven that they can compete with power five teams. And um, I don't see any reason they shouldn't be ranked any higher or lower, honestly. Oh man, I've been waiting all year for this. I think most people who've listened to the podcast since the beginning would agree that you have largely been the more positive of the two of us. Uh, you thought Jacksonville State would win at Coastal Carolina when I did not. Um, and there have been some other examples of that. But I have to say, Thomas, why do you hate Jacksonville State so much? I think 66 is a little bit insulting to the Gamecocks. I think Jacksonville State is better than South Carolina, even though they lost that game. I think Jacksonville State should have won that game. I don't think the competitiveness was a fluke. I think if Jacksonville State played South Carolina five more times, they might win three of them, maybe. I think Jacksonville State is definitely better than Coastal Carolina and at this point. I think the team we saw play this weekend would beat Coastal Carolina maybe nine times out of ten. I just, and not that I've kept up with every single Coastal snap since then, but what I've seen from Coastal since then, I just, going back to it, we felt positive after that game. We felt like Jacksonville State should have won. We felt like there were just moments where things got away. There were uh, defensive penalties we haven't seen since that game. There were weird red zone issues that we haven't seen really since that game. I think that result in itself might be a little fluky. Also, I would say Coastal Carolina and South Carolina, road games. Um, you know, Jacksonville State does play better at home. Uh, I would actually go up, and I haven't seen a lot of these teams play a lot of football, but I did watch Colorado a decent bit early on in the season. I don't think Colorado is ranked 57th on the list. I don't think Jacksonville State's better than Colorado, although I would kind of like to see that game. Uh, so I and uh, you know just looking at the teams below TCU's 58 BYU's 59 I'd probably slide Jacksonville State in at 59 so you know we don't disagree a whole lot but you know I think Jacksonville State is a borderline top 50 team I think Jacksonville State continues to get better and I'm not sure where the this team's ceiling is but you know by the time we talk about a bowl game, which we're going to talk about later in the episode, 
about how we think that might go. But if Jacksonville State does get to play in a bowl game, I think the team that takes the field there is going to be significantly higher than this. And I think that's pretty crazy for a first-year FBS team. I mean, I completely understand where you're coming from. I mean, this is still teams that are still in the mix for a bowl game at, at the group of five levels, some kind of falling off power five. But still, I mean, this is coming off after a loss. That's never going to help the teams in the in the rankings thing. And still, there's still plenty of good teams below them as well. I mean, you look at who's below them. Um, you have Stanford at 76. You have teams like Wake Forest. You have teams like Houston and Boise State. Um, even Michigan State, who's obviously not having a good year. But these are still good programs. And I think for Jacksonville State to be ranked where they are, if I'm not mistaken, they would be second in Conference USA as of for this poll, um, right behind Liberty. I think Western was right at the right at the bottom of that group. Um, that would be 75th. So I think this is perfectly fair. Um, but still, I mean, if you told me that they were 60th, I would say, yeah, they're probably placed pretty pretty reasonably. But if you told me they were a few spots lower, I would still say, yeah, it's fair. Um, just right in that mix, I feel like, is a good spot for them. But, I mean, like you said, I, I wouldn't completely disagree with what you said. Great. Everybody just remember, Thomas hates Jacksonville State, and so does uh, Chris Benini, who does a great job at The Athletic, actually. I'm just joking. Uh, maybe just throw your hate at Thomas's way. Um, and remember, I'm very positive on this team. Uh, anyway, Thomas, the second thing we wanted to talk about uh, is, I mean, kind of the headline from Saturday's game, the interception, you know, Zion throws there. Just, do you sort of, can you walk me through what you remember thinking in that moment? Uh, we were actually trying to decide if we should leave the press box and head down to the field or finish the drive out. But just, I don't know, what do you remember thinking on that last drive? I mean, to kind of put it forward, I guess, um, what Rich Rod said is just he should have run the ball there. And I couldn't agree more. I mean, they were succeeding in the run game. And, you know, you can't put the blame completely on one person in this. But still, I mean, the defender just saw a good opportunity, just caught right in there and just burned Jacksonville State, which, I mean, it's a this is a South Carolina defense that's good against the run and has been good against the run against SEC teams. Um, and for that to happen, I was I, – it's it's not out of the ordinary for them to make plays like that, but still, I mean, it came as a little bit of a surprise. And I, I wouldn't – again, there's no reason to pass the blame on one person, but still, Rich Rudd said, I should have run the ball there, and I couldn't agree more. I just I, – I would have run the ball there. Um, it just makes so much sense, especially when you're – you know when you're when you have all three of your running backs back, which is what we're going to talk about soon. But still, I mean, kind of walking through the play, I don't know. It's just, I think it was just the defender being there at the right time. Yeah, what's crazy is uh, I had to rewatch that play I think seven times before I figured out what was happening. The South Carolina linebacker. He's not initially matched up on any of those three receivers. Uh, you know, it's been a couple days uh, since the plays happened. So for anyone that forgot, Jacksonville State lined up Sean Brown and two receivers to the right side. Basically, told him to just uh, run straight, uh, you know, and, and go to the left and just clear that whole side out. Anwar Lewis uh, runs a wheel route immediately. The idea is just if everybody stays with the Jack State guys, that whole side of the field's clear and Anwar can catch the ball and, you know probably get down to like the eight or or the five or something like that that's kind of the the idea for that play but the linebacker the second the ball snapped I'm not sure if he's reading Anwar Lewis or 
you know, he just feels like he's seen this play on film, but like he breaks for that sideline immediately. And honestly, it's incredible that his own guys didn't set a pick for him. It's amazing that Jacksonville State's receivers didn't set a pick for him, just naturally with the way their routes go. He somehow splits everybody and he ends up there. I've criticized Zion when I feel like it's been deserved in the past, but I I don't think that's Zion's fault. Um, I think if you run that play nine more times, even if that guy knows that's the play, I think he doesn't get there to make that interception. I mean, just a crazy good play by him. Should Rich Rod have run the ball there? Hindsight says, yeah. I will say uh, Anwar Lewis was stopped for a two-yard loss in the play before. I'm betting that fed into some of Jacksonville State's reasoning why they ended up passing there. You know, if he gets one or two yards, maybe, you know, Rich Rod feels like, you know, he can run Zion or, you know, they can run something more traditional. Uh, I mean, this play is, this is not an RPO play. Um, I mean, Zion is a, maybe Zion has the ability to option into a quarterback run, but like, unlike most plays Jacksonville State runs, there's no handoff to Anwar on this play. Anwar breaks for the sideline immediately. So I'm betting just second and 12, the pressure kind of, the coaches felt like they needed a pass play there. Um, South Carolina's defense had been better against the run on that drive. So I'm betting they probably just did something that, was a little uncharacteristic, and I think we saw that, you know, the result was not what they would have hoped. So kind of moving into more on the offense, we had we both agreed after the game that Perry Carter was our offensive MVP uh, for the Anderson Star. Uh, check out all of the coverage from the South Carolina game on the Anderson Star's website and all over social media. But we picked one more guy, uh, just kind of, who we thought would be the second best and um, on the offense. So we're kind of going to go over that now. But, um, Tyler, who'd you pick for your co-offensive MVP for the number two spot? Well, yeah, okay, to be clear, I, maybe not a co-MVP, but but kind of like right there behind Perry Carter, who, I mean, played incredible uh, this game. I mean, just did such a great job. But for me, I think the choice was I had to go Ron Wiggins, um, and the play that stands out is, I think there's one play, I think Ron is running to the right side. He's going to get tackled for maybe a loss or no gain. And he runs all the way back. He just kind of is like, I'm not doing this. He runs all the way back to the left and uh, breaks a huge run. I'm, gets a first down. Uh, if I remember correctly, early on, that was when the offense was struggling. I think that might have been third down when he does that. I mean, I just remember watching that live and going, man, Jacksonville State needed that play. Like, the defense can't go back out there right now, and, like, the offense just needs something it can build on. Um, I mean, I thought Ron played great. 17 carries, 88 yards. He averaged 5.2 yards a carry. That's more than anyone uh, did for either team in that game. Uh, So, I mean, just an incredible play by him. And then, you know, he also had a 15-yard catch. I mean, just, you know, Ron Wiggins, I don't know. it's It's just amazing. He's picked up where he left off when he got hurt against Coastal. I would have thought there w- he would have needed some time. Like, yeah, okay, he's healthy, but it's going to take a, a game or two to knock the rust off and to get back going. And, like, Ron still looks great. He was he was my offensive MVP for most of the afternoon, and then, you know, Perry just had an incredible second half to kind of just take over in that game. But uh, I picked Ron. Uh, Thomas, you did not want to give Ron the appreciation this time. You had somebody else stand out to you. Who was that? So I don't like to base my – offensive MVP on just one play like Tyler does, but I just really appreciated the tandem of Sean Brown and Jacob Barrick in this game. I mean, if you just watch the film, you can just see how valuable they were to the offensive line. There were just moments when they needed a sixth guy to block for them, 
and especially against these South Carolina defensive linemen, and they were just so valuable. I mean, Sean Brown had two catches for 28 yards and two touchdowns. Sure, I mean, that's obviously really important in the offensive game, but for them to be able to pave the way for Ron Wiggins and for Zion to have a pretty decent running game as well, it was still really encouraging for me. And Rich Rod said it himself, these guys are just such willing blockers. They're able to just get the job done with the offensive line, and it was really encouraging for me. I mean, Sean Brown's a guy who can have a big game offensively, uh, catching the ball when needed. He did so against Middle Tennessee. Had one of the best tight end games that I've ever seen in my life, and Rich Rod said it too, but they're just so valuable in the blocking game. It's just, I don't think that they'll ever get the credit they deserve in that aspect. Um, and it was really crucial for Jacksonville State, especially early against South Carolina. Did y'all uh, see how Thomas did that? He subtly slid in. Did uh, they block for Ron Wiggins? Ron Wiggins uh, would have been nothing without Sean Brown and Jacob Barrick. Uh, that was that was that was pretty quick thinking there, Thomas. I uh, I will say to uh, especially to Sean Brown's credit, both of those touchdowns I don't think should have been touchdowns. Uh, one, uh, you know, Sean Brown makes a pretty athletic play to to kind of break it to the outside. I think, and there's one play where a South Carolina defender just bounces off Sean, like he's like Sean. I think is like almost standing still, and the defender just bounces off of him. Uh, and uh, once he does that, it's like Sean's like, okay, I'm I'm scoring now. Um, so uh, I did think both of those guys played well. I do think I, – I don't think. I agree with Thomas. Jacksonville State definitely needed a sixth guy in their blocking to hold up against South Carolina's front. So, sure, that's – I'll give you that. Uh, I will say one of those guys probably even threw a block on the, the play I talked about where Ron Wiggins has a big play. But I will say if somebody else is in the backfield, I think Anwar Lewis is great. I think Malik Jackson's great. I – I'm not sure anybody but Ron Wiggins was was making that play happen. So I think he's still my guy for this one. Again, there's a caveat. You know, we we both thought Perry Carter played the best on offense. But, uh, yeah, so y'all can let us know after this. There will be a poll on Spotify. You can let us know if you would uh, rather uh, rock it with the tight ends or Ron Wiggins after this game. Um, we didn't have to come up with backups to discuss our MVP on the defensive side because, Thomas, we we did disagree there. Um, Surprisingly enough, you went with the guy in the secondary, and I went with somebody up front. So uh, who did you pick for defensive MVP? I thought Kikora Tarnu just had a monster game. Um, This comes after the loss of Jabari Mack because of an injury. He'll be out for the season. But he had eight solo tackles, nine total tackles, he had a tackle for loss, pass breakup, and a really crucial interception for Jacksonville State to start out the second half. But still, this is a this is a secondary that needed a big a guy to step up big. Um, Jabari Max is such a huge loss, and kind of looking behind the starters. And Rich Rod said it too. There's just there's just kind of a lot of question marks. And um, Kokoro was one of the constants in the defensive back room. Um, along with a few other guys that I could name. But still, they just needed stability, and Kakor really brought that, and it gave me a lot of confidence in the defensive back room that they can really thrive with Kakora as kind of the centerpiece of the of the cornerback room. So it's it was encouraging for me to see that. Yeah, Kakora ended up playing uh, uh, 66 snaps uh, on Saturday. That's the most among any corner for Jacksonville State um, as injuries just continued to kind of decimate the backfield. Um or the secondary, anyway. Um, I, I thought Kakura played well. I had no doubts Kakura was going to play well. Uh, my biggest concern heading into this game was 
can the people who have to play more because of Kakura now playing more like can the people behind Kakura also step up? I I totally thought Kakura was going to step up. I thought he was going to have a great game. That interception probably couldn't have come at a better time going into the half. I don't know how you felt, Thomas, but I felt like I was watching the game slip away. Um, just, you know, it looks like Jacksonville State's going to end the first half with some momentum. Everything goes bad. South Carolina's coming out with the ball. I was like, you know, South Carolina goes down the field and scores. I think they'd be up two possessions. This Suddenly it felt like a game South Carolina's maybe just going to take control of and, and, and kind of slowly pull away the rest of the game. Kakura's interception was huge for that. So it's hard to argue too much there. I ended up for my defensive MVP, and again, you can you can read a little bit more about this online at the Anderson Star website, but I picked Chris Hardy. I actually think Hardy might have made himself some money with this game. Just, you know, down the road, I have to imagine, you know, if everything works out for Hardy and, and he's going to, you know, try to go play professionally, which I'm sure he will, I have to think this is going to be one of the, the films that people are going to watch. I thought he played well from the first series Felt like Hardy was getting held. Now, the officials did disagree with me because uh, they certainly didn't give him any flags, at least not early on. But I thought he was winning his one-on-one matchups. I thought even when they doubled him, I thought he was getting pressure um, and he was you know, forcing Rattler to adjust a little bit in the pocket, maybe move around to get away from him. Uh, you know, He finishes with um, you know, four tackles two sacks you know he finishes with one quarterback hurry officially I'd probably give him uh, maybe one or two more I just I thought he played well and I couldn't help but think that South Carolina offensive line the guy averagely weighs like 312 pounds I think or more you know Jacksonville State only has like two guys bigger than that so it's not Chris Chris can't simulate that in practice I mean you know he just he has to go and and ball out against these guys and and make any adjustments he has to make and I just I thought he played well I don't even know if he needed adjustments I mean I was impressed with him from the beginning I thought he was huge in and just keeping South Carolina off balance offensively I mean to kind of aid to your point as well it just seems like he's getting better and better every game I mean he had a monster game against Middle Tennessee it doesn't seem like he's slowed down ever since that game he's just He's just the dude in on the Jacksonville State's defense, and that's saying a lot, especially when you have guys like J-Rock and you have guys like Fred Perry who's come up with tackles, and you have guys that just make plays. Tier 8, again, I I don't think Chris Hardy's slowing down anytime soon, and they still have two more matchups, and I don't expect him to slow down, um, especially against these Conference USA opponents. But like you said, that he needed a big game against a strong offense, a big you know, a big challenge for him, and um, he really stepped up to the plate, so it was really encouraging to see. Yeah, the biggest thing about both of these guys we're talking about is, uh, based on what we know now, there's a pretty good chance Kakura is going to be maybe the most experienced, or, or at least in terms of this year, most reps, most repped corner that's going to be on the field in the next game. Um, you know, we're not sure the injury situation for everybody, but, you know, Kakura is probably going to have to keep playing a bigger role for this team. And Chris Hardy, I agree. I think, you know, we asked after the Middle Tennessee State game, and I think Richrod and Hardy both said, you know, he's getting healthier. Injuries kind of limited him early on, and you can't really appreciate how maybe slow he was at the beginning until you see what he's doing now. So, yeah, I think both of those guys are going to continue to play a huge role down the stretch, and Jacksonville State's probably going to need big performances from both to 
survive the injuries that have decimated some of the secondary guys uh, going forward. So with Jacksonville State now sitting at 7-3, and three, they're going to have a winning record at the end of the season. There's a lot of talk about them and James Madison making a bowl. It's going to be an interesting task to get there, I guess is a good way of saying it. More teams will have to have losing records, then there will be bowl spots. So right now that number is 32, so there are only going to need to be 32 more teams that have losing records and to for Jacksonville State and James Madison to get in a bowl. I mean, honestly, right now it's looking pretty optimistic for both of these teams. It's There's a lot of teams still on the chopping block. There's a lot of six-loss teams that could get eliminated as soon as this week. So it's it's looking really encouraging, and there's even been plenty of bowl projections for all you that want to look at Jacksonville State possibly going to a bowl. Um, there's plenty of bowl projections online, so we've kind of aggregated those, and we're going to take a look at them. Yeah, so just to jump in, um, the Athletic and the Action Network are both currently projecting Jacksonville State to uh, go to the 68 Ventures Bowl, uh, which is the bowl in Mobile um, on December 23rd. Um, you know, the opponents Jacksonville State could see there, I, I don't know how much I would invest a lot in these opponents because, you know, you're going to hear a lot of bowls proposed over the next couple weeks and each projection will have a different opponent but app state and arkansas state are the opponents for those and then uh espn i believe is projecting jacksonville state to go to the first responder bowl on december 26th that's in dallas and then uh cbs sports um thomas pulled this last one but he can correct me if i'm wrong i believe is projecting jacksonville state to go to the bahamas bowl which is going to take place in charlotte north carolina this year gosh that is so disappointing i mean I, I actually think charlotte's a great city i just think making the bahamas bowl and ending up stateside anywhere is is a huge disappointment that's that's on the 18th um thomas i would uh i mean i i know just for my well-being i would i'd probably prefer a bowl game before christmas you know some go off have a fun trip uh for fans you can go out to the bowl game cheer on jacksonville state hopefully the gamecocks get a win and then you can come back and celebrate christmas heading to dallas for a bowl game on the 26th that sounds like the worst option just i don't know how you you navigate christmas uh maybe you do christmas early or you combine christmas and new year's eve i don't know does does one of those jump out at you that you're like yes i'm i really hope jacksonville state ends up there i mean for a lot of these teams you can kind of see they're they're pretty. These are pretty favorable as far as regional. That most of these teams are in the area that they're being played. I think Arkansas State's the farthest one, which still isn't that much of a haul when you look at the whole how many bowls there are across the country. Um, but I mean, having a bowl in Mobile or I think that even Birmingham would be very good. Um, I know Birmingham's not projected spot, but still, there's there, anything could happen. Um, but I mean, having a bowl here in Alabama, I think, would just be the icing on the cake for Jacksonville State. And even in Charlotte, I think, is close enough. Um, and the days may be a little bit different. But still, I mean, having a bowl in Alabama and fans being able to go and enjoy the bowl experience, get back before Christmas, I think that would just be the icing on the cake to a great season for Jacksonville State. Yeah, bowl game in Mobile definitely would be uh, one of the easier ones to go to. Um, Birmingham always seems to to collect somebody that uh, maybe wasn't supposed to be there. Feel like Birmingham feel like teams that are supposed to be in Birmingham conferences typically run out of teams before we get there. So yeah, Birmingham could be an option. Um, it wouldn't be a fun vacation for us or fans, but it would be easy to get to. I don't know. I still it would be kind of hilarious to cover the Bahamas Bowl in Charlotte. Plus, you know, 
realistically, there's no chance I ever get to cover the Bahamas Bowl in the Bahamas um, with how much that would cost. So this this could be the only chance I ever have to cover the Bahamas Bowl for whatever that will mean. So with those bowl projections, that's going to be it for this week's episode of Up in the Roost. Thank you guys again for tuning in. Although it's a bye week, we have plenty of content coming for Jacksonville State, so be sure to keep your eye out on the Anderson Stars website and our social media pages. Thank you guys again for tuning in. We'll see you again next time.